Well, as entrepreneurs, we all want to grow our business. We want to accelerate our success. And as we're serving our clients well, oftentimes we need capital. Now, the best capital is organic capital when we got great cash flows and all this, but as we're having and accelerating our growth, oftentimes we need capital. And I, there's a new source of capital that is really uh, just becoming available all around the world, and many of us as entrepreneurs are talking about it, and it's crowdfunding. And I wanted to learn more. And rather than just me learn it, I thought I'd invite our 10,000 fellow entrepreneurs to join us as well and get an expert that can really share with us what's happening. Uh, he's an ex-investment banker, reforming, and he's a perpetual traveler. But what he's here for is he's a crowdfunding expert, and he's going to share with you, you know, when and if this is the right way to get the capital to accelerate your growth even more. I'm John Bowen. We're all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com I am so excited to have you here. You're out there and I know you're busily working on a new book. I, I saw the galleys and I was just... Uh, this is an area that's been really interested, interesting for me and for my fellow entrepreneurs. So first of all, thank you for making time to join us today. It's absolutely my pleasure, John. It's great to be here and great to be with your listeners. Well, and it's, it's, it's something, I just came from a, a conference, Nathan, with the uh, Genius Network, and, uh, this, and this is Joe Polish's mastermind group. I think there was over 300 um, CEOs there, uh, uh, Peter Diamandis, uh, author of uh, Bold and Abundance, was talking about not only human longevity, all these things, but you know the the need for capital and crowdfunding, and you know the, I mean you're kind of on the lead, or not kind of, you are on the leading edge. This is particularly as a former investment banker, you know how revolutionary this is. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into what you know, what we all want to know as entrepreneurs, you know, everybody's always interested. How how did you know? Particularly, you know, you are a traveler. And as a matter of fact, uh, before I turned to the call, I had asked, where are you <laughs> type thing, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. world? And, uh, um, but you, you've seen an awful lot. You've, you have a lot of experience. You know, how, how did you get to becoming this crowdfunding expert? Well, when I was working in investment banking, we did a lot of different transactions. You do corporate bonds, you do mergers and acquisitions. We did some early stage IPOs and initial public offerings for these early stage companies were the kinds of things that really got me to be excited, right? Because you're helping out people with great ambitions, great dreams and helping them raise the capital to make it a reality. So when I saw this new thing called equity crowdfunding come along, I was really excited and it was enough to convince me to quit my job and go off on my own. And around about the same time, I'd read a book that many of your listeners will be familiar with, uh, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Week. And because of that, I decided that I would try to run this business 
completely location independent. I haven't uh, yet managed to achieve four hours of work per week, and frankly, I don't think I'd want to, and I don't know any well, of my friends who I actually do either. know Tim fairly well, and I can tell you he chooses to work more than four hours too. So it's, uh, he's right. one of the hardest working guys I know. But it's a great concept to work toward. And it's a great uh, title to sell a book. You yeah. hand it to him. <laughs> yeah, so that was that's my story. I've been traveling now for the last 24 months, mm -hmm. living in Airbnbs full-time, traveled to around 20 countries. And what I've seen and what I've gained an understanding of has been the global landscape for this new form of, of crowdfunding. So a lot of people are familiar with the Kickstarter and Indiegogo type of crowdfunding. But this equity crowdfunding, I think, has a lot of exciting potential. And there's big changes that are happening. Well, let, let's start right in and dive into this, Nathan. You know, you know we're more and more of uh, us as entrepreneurs. I mean, one of the things I love about crowdfunding in con you know, just the way it originated, particularly Kickstarter and Indiegogo, uh, I just love it for proof of concept. And, you know, there um, I'd love you to contrast you know, what they've been doing in crowdfunding and now what we're talking about today in this equity crowdfunding. Sure. So the Kickstarters and Indiegogos of the world are grouped together as rewards crowdfunding, as in you put your money towards some kind of product or some kind of cause to donate to, and then if that reaches its target, that product or cause gets the money delivered to them. The difference with equity crowdfunding is the people putting the money in end up becoming investors in the company itself. So you, you get shareholders, and this allows you to uh, raise much more capital, typically, and it also means that it's suitable for many more businesses. So even some businesses which, which found that they couldn't raise capital through Kickstarter now have this new channel open to them to raise money through the internet. Well, and, and one of the things, you know, I, I grew up in financial services, and, uh, you know, when I first saw this, I'm wondering, you know, back, and it was a short period for about two years, I did investment banking as well, and, you know, the services uh, that we're providing, you know, the capital and the excitement, but there's an awful lot of due diligence and the work and packaging, and, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, Nathan, are kind of, you know, they, they get excited about the this concept of equity funding and then they go, geez, the contrasting with what traditionally is done, certainly it's going to open up more. But maybe tell some of the rules, you know, from around the world. What are we seeing evolving? Because this is such an evolving area. It's not by no means is it done and, uh, you know, finished type thing. Absolutely. It's doubling in value about every year now. Um, and the big change that took place in the US in May was the passage of Title III of the Jobs Act. So that enables an entrepreneur to raise up to $1 million from the general public in any 12-month period. And the big change is that now you can actually market these offers directly to the public. So that's as in people who aren't even uh, meeting a sophisticated or high net worth accredited investor type test. This change means that there's a much bigger audience now for entrepreneurs to raise capital from but as you said because it's an offer of securities there are 
rules in place to make sure that statements are not deceptive or misleading. And companies who want to use this are going to find pretty quickly that, yeah, they do have to disclose a lot. There's, there's particularly in a place like the US, there's a form that you need to fill in with the regulators to disclose all of your businesses' um, material contracts, material transactions, market size, strategy to go into that, the risks that are associated with that. Um, if we look further afield, there are different levels of capital that can be raised. So in the UK, for example, the limits that an entrepreneur can raise is 5 million euros. Funny, that yeah, five million euros, not pounds, in the UK, yeah. <laughs> and in New Zealand, in New Zealand, it's uh, two million dollars. In Canada, well, Canada's uh, complicated, but the main crowdfunding exemption there is one and a half million Canadian dollars. So yeah, it depends where your company is incorporated in as to what a company can do. So when you know it, it gets exciting when you you can go direct to the public and you know and right. let's obviously you're going to need you know an expert if you you're going to raise this but you know let's just and and you know i guess i should do the legal disclaimers we're not giving legal advice yeah. da, 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 da. you're this is stuff yeah no, none of us on uh, aes nation are ever doing that i mean this is really to get us thinking about this we want you you know, to be aware of those ways of accelerating your success and then go with your professional advisors and really, you know, see if this is right. But, you know, um, Nathan, let's talk about who who's doing crowd, you know, equity crowdfunding and having success with it. I mean, wh how, how does a one of our fellow entrepreneurs really know whether this is something that they should be doing? Yeah, I think it's open to businesses which are systemized and which have scalability potential. So if there is some kind of reliance on the founder, then gaining equity investors is less for you in any case, but particularly for crowdfunding. But I would break the two groups for whom equity crowdfunding is best for um, yeah, into two categories. I'd say there's the local businesses which have a strong crowd already. So these would be businesses such as consumer items, you know, you might have beer companies or fashion items, these sorts of things, because they've got a large email list and they can market directly to them. The other kind of business is totally different. You know, they are the really scalable potential unicorns, the ones who are out there to hit a home run. Um, they're maybe in financial technology, medical devices, these sorts of businesses, which means that they're actually more attracting investors of a, of, a, of a different risk profile, typically. Right? These are people who are happy to put $1,000 into something which has a very high chance of not succeeding, but in the case that it does succeed, will massively increase in value and achieve an exit. You know, the I go to uh, looking, uh, Nathan, I'm thinking about the, you know, the traditional crowdfunding, the Kickstarters, Indiegogo, and there's, so many failed campaigns that go yes. on. And uh, I think one of the mistakes a lot of entrepreneurs uh, made, at least early on, less likely now, but I, I wanna talk about it from the uh, equity crowdfunding that you, know, you, you broke them into kind of two groups. I'm gonna say one that has an audience that's already engaged and another that is just, you know, let's call it a sexy idea, you know, or a concept. Yeah. Maybe be nice if it's a little bit proven, but you know, there's something there. 
and you know what, how important is it to have an audience now with you know who's raising money today i think it's very important to have this audience but i think the difference between equity crowdfunding and the kickstarter indiegogo model is that with equity crowdfunding if you bring some of the audience to the raise as in you get to 25 30 even 50% yourself you can rely on the investors who are just hanging out on the platform to a much larger degree. Because on Kickstarter Indiegogo, you've got thousands and thousands of campaigns going on at a time. So if your campaign is not doing well, it's going to be buried at the bottom of 10th page and no one's ever going to see it. Well, with equity crowdfunding, there are a smaller number of these campaigns going on at any one time. So if you can show traction and you can show that you've got a crowd and you've got, in the case of the uh, the sexy ideas as you called them, mm-hmm. if you can if you can show that you've got a smart money uh, angel investor backing you, then that's a really good validation for the rest of the crowd to follow along behind them. Uh, you know that's a great distinction, Nathan, because uh, you know what I my experience in crowdfunding, I I have not done it personally. I've had some good friends raise you know seven figures and uh and some fail to raise fifty thousand dollars yeah and the big thing there has the mistake so many entrepreneurs make is they're thinking the platform you know geez i'll go on kickstarter indiegogo or one of the others and they're going to you know get me out there well yeah. if you don't have that initial traction with your audience you are not going to be successful i mean it's just not going to happen but i hadn't thought about it from the perspective that you said that you know because there's less deals and then you know my, i'm sure i i look at i bought a number of things over indiegogo and kickstarter but it's not something i'm really passionate i'm looking at and shopping but if i'm one of those kind of uh, I want to participate in uh, equity crowdfunding as an investor. I'm going to be hanging out at the platforms looking at this. I mean, that's a that's a huge distinction. Absolutely, and that I think goes to the the importance of choosing the right platform because, as you said, with a uh, rewards crowdfunding platform, you've really got to bring all of the people yourself to the platform, which. For some people, makes them wonder what value the platform is really giving them, right? They're just taking a fee and they're having to do all the work. Well, with some of the best equity platforms, if they've got an established audience who are hanging out there and looking for things to invest in, then that's a real value add. So you should be much more careful, I think, about the choice of platform that you end up going with. Yeah, no, I, as you're saying it, I think it's critical. I mean, it's, it is just so important to really... Uh, understand, you know, kind of this whole process. I mean, give me some of the considerations. So let's say that, you know, one of our fellow entrepreneurs or I'm looking at raising capital. I'm not, so, you know, but let's say (laughs) that I am. No, it's more for the, not for you, Nathan, the regulators. I say, no, not, we're not making an offer of anything. Um, But if we were raising you know, equity, you know, with what you know, I've read and, you know, with the new legislation here in the States or if I'm in one of the other countries that I now have this opportunity. Um, I mean, I didn't realize, you know, UK, that's a 5 million euros. That's a that's a substantial, you know, f- kind of first round. You know, you have a little seed capital from family and friends instead of going to traditional angel. That might be a better opportunity. Same here in the States. And I'm going 
or you, know, you get excited, it's, you know, as a former investment banker, and I, I'm a guy that's raised billions of dollars, it takes a lot of work and it's distraction yeah. and the CEO. I mean, I'm sure we've got some of our fellow entrepreneurs going, boy, this is great. You know, what are the considerations? And also I'm gonna use a term I used to use in investment banking. What are the gotchas? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, I would say to do a really thorough analysis of the pros and cons of equity crowdfunding in the first place. You know, just because it's new and just because I'm talking about it doesn't mean that it's automatically the best thing for every business to do. You know, if you've got a angel investor who's sitting there and is ready to cut you a check, well, that is going to mean that there's a lot less distraction for your business. I think one of the big advantages for equity crowdfunding is it's the ability to do marketing and fundraising at the same time because it's that's always been something that's um, been seen as two separate things you raise the funds and then you go off and do your marketing with the funds but doing it together that's that's fantastic then as i said before um, spend the time to find the platform that's going to help you the best and there's a range of considerations there but the types of deals that they've done in the past is going to be a good guide as to what uh, success your type of company is going to have there as well. Nathan, you know, help me out with one of the things um, that all of us as entrepreneurs, we're typically quick start kind of people. And yeah. you know, we, you know, when we decide we need capital, oftentimes we needed it actually yesterday. And so what is the, you know, kind of contrast you know, the timeline for the typical angel investor raising money. And I know this is a wide range and the same with going through traditional kind of investment banking uh, services with the equity uh, crowdfunding timeline. I think you're looking at a timeline of around about two to three months just in the preparation phase. And then remember that the campaign itself is going to be live for let's say 30 days, 45 days after that. So you've really got to plan in advance before you actually need the capital. I think a lot of entrepreneurs will see these campaigns, see them live and all the money just seems to be pouring in and it looks so easy. But every startup that I've talked to, put it this way, no startup that I've talked to has said that it was less work than they expected. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've only known just a few. And... I, you know, raising money is, I've never had anybody say it's less work than they expected, any form of raising money. No, 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 it's a lot of work, but because the marketing benefits are there, you can justify the exercise. I think some of the companies that I've talked to say that even beyond the money, it's given them such great exposure to not just new customers, but new potential uh, partners and board members. So having that company out there in a public forum um, is a lot of benefit to a startup. Because, I mean, a startup or a growing business of any kind, uh, raising capital and getting exposure are often number one and number two on their list. In right. The list. Well, so and then you got to run the time. business at the same time. And this is why that yeah. timeline and not getting distracted is so important. H how do you get attention? Um, you know, I mean... This is fairly new, but there, there are definitely firms that are you know, going out and raising capital now. How, how do you make yourself uh, more attractive, uh, both to the platform and the, the ultimate investors? I think you should look at it as 
um, need, needing to do a lot of the same things that you do in any kind of capital raising. So you should make sure you've got a valuation which makes sense. I think one common mistake that people make is because it's still got the word crowdfunding in it, um, people approach equity crowdfunding as if it was exactly the same as a Kickstarter campaign and tries and they try to do the whole campaign with just social media and it just doesn't work, right? No one, well, very few people are going to put $1,000 into a company they've never heard of because a tweet has shown up on their feed, right? And they might if it's a really cool new invention which has gone viral, which is what Kickstarter and Indiegogo are so good at. But what else works for, for equity crowdfunding? I think if you can show the investors who you've got on your side, that's going to be a really big tick in the box. And I think as well, even though it's an online platform, you can still do a lot of work in the offline world. You can go to seminars, which are organized by the crowdfunding platform. Um, you can you can get on a plane and reach out to people who are recommended to you by, um, by the platform itself. So even though it looks really new, there's still a lot of really strong parallels with uh, traditional fundraising. Yeah, one of the things in traditional fundraising or, uh, is momentum. And yep. this is something that, you know, it's because what, what happens is, you know, we all want to work with a winner <laughs> type thing. Yeah. You know, even right. when we're talking about crowdfunding some little product, I'm looking around to see if I have anything on my desk that I bought from Kickstarter, but I don't, but you know, I've bought, and they're you know they're almost all impulse buys under a hundred dollars. There's obviously some that are much more substantial, and you know what happens. And I'm kind of I, I usually don't buy until if it's not somebody I know. I don't buy until it's just about funded because I want the confirmation of the crowd. I want to know that they're going to actually get funded. I don't want to waste time and energy and all that stuff. And then even then, some of them fail. But we'll we'll, we'll go to that in a second. How how are you seeing the most successful entrepreneurs use equity crowdfunding? Are they using momentum? Are they how are they getting started and kind of keeping that going so that you know it gives that um, really the excitement of being part of a you know a winning offering? You're absolutely right that momentum is the most critical thing to get in equity crowdfunding, in angel investing, in Kickstarter crowdfunding. Look, what are some things you can do? I think you can, if, if you've got some people committed before the offer starts, that's going to be really helpful. And you can actually schedule some of them to come in on not just day one, but on day two or on day six or just whenever your campaign looks like it needs an extra boost. So you can, you can have a few extra bullets in the gun, which whenever your campaign looks like it's flagging um, can, can help. Another thing you can do is if things are looking like they're going a little slowly, you can sometimes change the offer in the middle of the campaign. And I know one company in Britain did this extremely successfully. Um, they were a, a honey company. Right? So, so they uh, decided that halfway through the offer that anyone who invested a thousand pounds would get themselves a lifetime supply of honey. Oh, and wow. you can imagine, right? Like, People who had put in smaller amounts suddenly bumped their amount up to exactly a thousand, and it just really struck a chord with people. So, I think look for some incentive to get people on board beyond the company itself, but but also make sure that the company itself is attractive. Ultimately, if you don't have an, an attractive investable company, then 
all the marketing tactics in the world don't really do too much, right? That it's it's going to supercharge your success, but the success itself has to come through the innate nature of being a good business. Nathan, what about you know the the thing that I, I worry about in any raising of funds? I mean, you know, it's so important in business to have positioning and to really have that success. I mean, again, we all want to be part of a winner and working with. And what happens if you know, even with the best laid plans, we fail. Yeah, fantastic how, question. How, yeah, because none of us want to look bad. None of us want to look bad, but I will say that this is one of the disadvantages of equity crowdfunding. You're putting yourself out there in a public forum, and yeah, if you fail, everyone will know about it. Whereas if you fail in a boardroom or in a private deal, then it's kept in-house and it's not in the public domain. Even so, it's not the end. You can use the lessons from the campaign to look at, I think, I think it can be one of the most powerful ways of um, taking some time for introspection, right? Whenever you've had any kind of business failure, uh, you, you don't just go away and go into your shell. You, you pick yourself back up and see, well, why did it fail? Was our valuation too high? Is our business model need some work? These are these are important questions to be asking, and sometimes a failed offer can be the um, the time that you need to make that pivot. Oh well, and let's go. Let's say we're going to be successful, and yeah. we complete the offering. Okay, yep. you know one of the things. Okay, we got the money. You know, so many entrepreneurs make the mistake of like, okay, we're done, and I'm going to just go do my work now. Yeah. And you know, how do we keep? Yeah, you know, because I mean. Yeah, this is a little different, even in you know traditional investment banking, we, we've got to keep the investors informed in a private offering. And particularly because you know they're, they're now along with us, you know, depending on your business model, you may need more capital down the road, that'd be a great source, all that. But here, oftentimes, I think the honey example is a great one. You know, these, these could, I guess they're not gonna be probably that good at customers anymore, but they could be marketing apostles, raving fans. I mean, they're, these are people that are really into what you're doing. And, you know, it's just, it, it seems, you know, not being an expert in this myself, but you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on how, how do you keep that kind of momentum going and communicating? You know, and there's a balancing act, having had small investors in some of the businesses I did, you know, they can really be demanding on information, but you, you know, so there's that balancing act. What are you seeing the most successful ones do, Nathan? Well, you don't want to be like the relative who only shows up when you're asking for money. <laughs> you want to be communicating. Do you have you one share. of those too? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe when I was in college, maybe I was that, uh, that relative, but, um, yeah, you want, to, you want to make sure that whenever you're talking to your shareholders, you're sharing your good news and your bad news. I think people are very understanding as long as you're honest. Mm -hmm. So even if you end up going through the raise and things are slower than you think, well, be honest and don't just go into your shell. People are forgiving when execution goes badly, but they're, they're really, really going to get worried if there's complete silence. So I would say you need to communicate with your investors at least every three months with a, a short update. And you know, you talked about the idea that they're demanding, and that's true, but I think one of the whole points of crowdfunding is to get engagement with your users and new investors. And engagement is a two-way thing. It doesn't mean just 
uh, you talking to them and them passively accepting it. It means them feeding back to you what they think, and that can be some of the best uh, so that can be one of the best sources for learning and uh, development in your business too. Well, Nathan, let's go to the the next segment, and uh, we call it the book of the day. And I want to put up on the screen, and mm. what I'd I'd like to just you know, what's in your book? Because I mean, if I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm very motivated to look at this. I've got multiple companies. I've certainly, we're working with a lot of financial advisors. This is something that's really important to understand as all entrepreneurs. It's not gonna be right for everyone, but it's important to understand and for the right people, this is gonna be, you know, a, a pretty amazing tool. Tell us what's in your book, uh, you know, how we can get your book, what's in your book, that's going to help entrepreneurs, business owners be even more successful in evaluating whether this is right for them. So the point of the book was to explain equity crowdfunding from the ground up. I don't assume any prior knowledge. I assume that a business might have heard of the word equity crowdfunding, but wants to know what it is, how it works, whether it's for them. And then if they decide that it is for them to go through the steps of choosing a platform, forming a marketing campaign, and then what happens after the campaign, whether they're successful or whether they failed. So to do this research for the book, I've interviewed 20 startups from around the world, startups and growing companies, and I've talked to 12 equity crowdfunding platforms, including one from the US. Uh, that's Republic, which has grown out of AngelList. They're an offshoot now doing Title III crowdfunding. Because crowdfunding is so new in the US, it's by necessity got a lot of international examples in there, particularly from Europe, where the biggest equity crowdfunding markets are. But what it shows is a very diverse range of uh, types of companies that have used it. There, there, there are banks in there. There are, uh, there are beer companies in there. Um, there's a pet uh, dog bowl company in there. There's all sorts of business models and companies. So from reading this, I think you'll see what they did, what results they had, what challenges they had. A lot of them go into a lot of detail actually about what they found hard about the process. And um, yeah, I think anyone who reads this book will leave with a good understanding of equity crowdfunding and you know, next steps on how to actually do it. Well, and let's go to the next segment. What I'd love to hear is, uh, you know, Nathan, you know, how do you and your group really provide resources so if somebody wants to go beyond the book and you know really look at this um, you know you've done a lot of the homework uh, traveling the world and really having these conversations and seeing what's working and what's not working yeah well as you mentioned there's the book I'm also putting together an online course and people can also reach out to me and get one-on-one -on -one coaching um, all you need to do is go to the website fill in the contact form we'll work out what exactly you need. I can help out with any aspect of equity crowdfunding. I've, uh, you know, I've, as you say, I've scoured the world for the best examples of how to do it. So if you need help, particularly with what your company could be valued at, uh, forming your marketing campaign, I can help. Uh, this is great, Nathan. And you know, for everyone, you, know, you can see above my name, uh, or above me, <laughs> aesnation.com, the link will have full transcript, the show notes of everything that Nathan and I covered, as well as a link to the book, how you can best get that and really reach out to uh, Nathan as well. 
And, you know, and if you're driving, remember, you know, don't take notes now, do it aesnation.com, go there. But I want to share kind of my takeaways. I mean, the, you know, I've always been interested in crowdfunding and participated in as a user this equity crowdfunding, um, I just th I think it's going to be really big uh, here in the States, and it is already around the world. It's going to take a little while. We've, you know, we've been in a period of a lot of regulations, and this is kind of you know, so new, and you know, having the government get a, a feel of how to make this all work. But it is going to be something that's very significant that we should all be paying attention to. If we have fast-growing businesses, you know, this is, we're going to need capital along the way. And depending on the scale, this may be something that is very interesting. Uh, you know, we, we heard a number of different considerations and, you know, and I'd, I'd really go through the transcript, but more importantly, go to get the book, because this is, if you're at all thinking about this, you know, the, the looking at the platforms, what worked, what didn't work, you know, whether you should have an agent to kind of evaluate this. And then to me, one of the, the most important things we got talking about is the campaigns. You know, we've got to get our firms ready. We've got to get them packaged. You still have to do the memorandums and everything else. But then, you know, it's, it's really kind of, a, you know, in the U.S., you know, we go into a quiet period as we're raising capital. Here, it's a change. You're marketing to the public and sharing this and you're sharing your story as well as raising capital. And it's going to present both new challenges, but an awful lot of opportunities. Nathan, I, I really appreciate this. This has been a great, uh, you know, there are very few experts in this area. You've, you've blazed the trail, you've put the miles in, the hard lessons to bring this all together and make it in a really good form for our fellow entrepreneurs to consider whether this right, is right for them. And then if so, really uh, have a path to execute. So thank you. John, you're absolutely welcome. I hope your uh, listeners got value out of what I said, and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting you to, to you today. Well, it was great, and I want to encourage everyone. You know, this is there's so many things we have to do as an entrepreneur. One of the key things is that we we've, we've got to keep our companies well capitalized so that we can serve our clients, our customers well. And we get to do well by doing this, but there is nothing more challenging than having a very successful company that's growing like crazy with a lot of opportunity. It eats capital very quickly. Uh, living in Silicon Valley, I see that all the time. So with that, your clients and all your future clients and your future investors are counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs aesnation.com